Hey, and welcome back to my Big Fat Recovery. I'm your host, Molly. Have you ever felt like you're not sick enough to have an eating disorder or to deserve recovery? Today on the pod, we're talking about where those thoughts might come from, how they function to keep us sick, and how to work through them. So the short answer to today's question of are you sick enough to have an eating disorder and deserve recovery is a resounding yes. If you are asking the question, the answer generally is going to be yes. If you are suffering, that is enough. You deserve to feel better. But I want us to dive a little bit deeper today and look at when these thoughts are occurring, where they might be coming from, and what we can do to address them. So, have you ever felt like your eating disorder was less valid due to your weight, your behaviors, or some other standard you imagined? Maybe you thought you were making the whole thing up. I know I've felt that way. So the first sort of story that I have about a time when I really felt this whole not being sick enough mentality was um, one time when I was in treatment. And First of all, being in treatment was already a imposter syndrome-inducing environment for me. I was one of maybe two fat patients there, and I really felt like I didn't belong. Um, It was the first time in my life when I really had access to that level of care, and uh, it was a strange experience in a lot of ways. So on this day um, of crazy, not sick enough thoughts, I came into the kitchen for lunch and the patients that I was there with were freaking out. Uh, Basically, there was a challenge meal um, and a lot of people felt like that was a fear food for them. And I mean, people were like playing with like stress balls. People were knocking on the dietitian's office door. One person was crying, I think. And in that moment, I totally froze because My initial thought when I had smelled that delicious looking food was, oh, actually, I kind of want this. And in that moment, my eating disorder voice kicked right in and it said, hey, if you really have an eating disorder, you're not going to eat this food and you should be afraid of it like everybody else. And because you're not afraid of it, you don't deserve to be here. Damn. That shit is powerful. (laughs) It really, you know, it was one food, but my eating disorder latched onto that moment of comparison and ran with it. And looking back, it's so disappointing because that was an opportunity for growth for me. And instead, I really had that imposter syndrome moment and decided to play into it. I did not touch that meal. I ended up having to supplement like a lot of the people that day. And looking back, it would have been so much better for my recovery to really look at my own individual preferences, to acknowledge that people have different safe foods and different fear foods, and that I could honor my craving and my hunger in that moment and know that it was okay to nourish my body. You know that quote that people say sometimes, like, comparison is the thief of joy? I think in eating disorder treatment, comparison is also the thief of recovery. And it makes me wonder, looking back at that memory, what other people in that room might have been experiencing. I would take a gander and say that there were other people in that room that day who maybe also were not super afraid of that food or who wanted to challenge their eating disorder and eat it, but who saw everybody else's reaction around them and decided that they needed to be sick enough too, just like me. Looking back at that memory, it's kind of funny, kind of sad, 
a lot of in-between, but I think it demonstrates a really common thing in the recovery community in general, where we feel like we have to validate our eating disorder to ourselves and others. And at the end of the day, it doesn't help anybody. I think having an eating disorder as a fat person is a really uniquely, I guess I will say, strange experience in a lot of ways because you constantly need to be convincing yourself and the people around you that your eating disorder is real and that you deserve treatment. So, of course, this constant game of having to prove yourself to yourself and others brings out that imposter syndrome of really questioning whether or not you're making the whole thing up, whether or not you're sick to begin with, and of course whether or not you deserve to feel better. Those questions really functioned to keep me sick and to hold me back. I think those questions really came directly out of my experience with medical fat phobia and being told that my body was Uh, inherently bad because of its size. My eating disorder was encouraged, even prescribed at times, by medical professionals. And how in the world are you supposed to feel like you're sick with something and be convinced of that if literal doctors are telling you that what you're doing is healthy and that you should do more of it? Even while I was in treatment for atypical anorexia, I went and saw an endocrinologist about half an hour away from my treatment center and immediately upon walking into his office, I knew it was going to be a bad experience. He had a diorama of fat, like fat cells, on his desk and he had um, diet plans in this folder next to his chair. And immediately he came in um, and started questioning me about my weight. And when I described the treatment that I was doing for my eating disorder, he basically laughed at me um, and really challenged me in a way that was super inappropriate, basically asking me, well, if you restrict your food, why do you look like this? And you're telling me that if somebody, you know, ate X amount of calories a day, they wouldn't lose weight. And I was stunned in silence. I mean, I really left that appointment that day and questioned my whole recovery. And I was in such a vulnerable place at that point in my recovery and in my life. So obviously that appointment was, you know, minorly traumatizing to me. And I had to do my own little mini recovery from that experience. At the end of it, I had to drive back to the treatment center and basically present to them what had happened in tears and I was so fortunate at the time because I had finally found a health at every size treatment center and team and a group of people that really genuinely cared about me and could kind of you know smack my brain back into place and remind me that that guy was an asshole and that he was giving me lazy medical advice. But that sort of experience happens to fat people every day. I mean granted it was a uniquely sort of ridiculous set of circumstances. I was literally in treatment at the time and had just left the building to go see an endocrinologist. But having that kind of experience at the doctor's office or um, in any sort of healthcare setting or with family or with 
coworkers or loved ones is so common where everybody around you in our fat phobic world and in a world that does not understand eating disorders and still really has a lot of misconceptions and beliefs about them that world will question the validity of your experience and it's so important to remember what is true for you and to really remind yourself of why you are fighting for recovery I think a lot of us develop what I would call an eating disorder bucket list. It's like this list of never-ending metrics that we are waiting to achieve before we feel like we will deserve recovery or deserve to say that we have an eating disorder to begin with. For some people, it's like when I reach a certain BMI or weight or when I need and receive this level of care. For some, it might be like when I have this physical side effect like a heart problem or my hair falling out or whatever. Where does this come from? I would venture to say that this is partially the eating disorder voice. This voice, the one that tells you you need to suffer in a specific way and check off that eating disorder bucket list before you'll be considered deserving of recovery, is functioning to keep you sick. Because it will never be satisfied. It's riddled with shame and self-gaslighting, and that goalpost is constantly moving, even when you do achieve what it originally told you to do. It will never be enough. I think part of the problem is that the eating disorder voice is then reinforced by media depictions of what an eating disorder and recovery should look like. In social media, bad Netflix movies, and even Dr. Phil episodes, we see a single cookie-cutter version of what is actually a really diverse and individualized, complicated disease. Your eating disorder can then point to that dominant depiction and say, well, you don't look like that, or this hasn't happened to you, so you're not sick enough to get rid of me. All of this is then further perpetuated by fat phobia and diet culture, which basically prescribes eating disorders and then claims that they are healthy, especially for fat people. Frequently, what we diagnose as an eating disorder in a thin person is encouraged for folks in larger bodies. Of course you won't feel sick enough when society is telling you that you're still not doing enough and that you should destroy your health and well-being even more in the pursuit of thinness. So how do we make sense of all of this and what can we do to challenge it? I'd like you to start to notice without judgment when these thoughts come up. Instead of accepting them as truth or pushing them away, just listen and observe. I want you to be like a scientist studying yourself. Notice if there is a trend. Do the thoughts tend to come up when you see certain triggering depictions of eating disorders or other triggering things? Is it louder when you choose recovery or when life is extra challenging? There might be a pattern there. When you can notice this pattern, you can compassionately intercept it. How do we do that? For me, I check the facts and I use affirmations. So step one, we want to check the facts. Notice what is triggering your thoughts and what you know to be objectively true. You can even say to yourself, oh, hey, not sick enough thoughts. There you are. Remember that thoughts are not inherently true. We don't need to believe everything that we think. You can ask yourself, will this thought and my eating disorder ever be satisfied? What is the end goal here? Do you know where you learned this thought or belief? And would you say it to a friend? Would you think that their eating disorder is any less valid? No. What makes you so special? 
One fact that I like to remind myself of is that healthy people do not generally question whether they are sick enough to deserve to feel better. Then respond with an affirmation. Come up with a response to the thoughts. Some examples are, I am sick enough to deserve to feel better. I am worthy of my own time and care. My body needs nourishment, whether or not I am sick. By practicing healthy affirmations in response to these thoughts, we make those responses more automatic. I am so glad that I stopped listening to that voice telling me that I was not sick enough to begin to feel better. At the end of the day, that voice only served to hold me back, and at a certain point, I had to let it go. If you still feel like you're not sick enough to deserve recovery, I would invite you to consider this. What if just in this moment, you are enough just the way you are and you deserve to feel better? Regardless of whether or not you've ticked off every box on that eating disorder bucket list we talked about, that list will always keep growing. And the eating disorder will want to stick around because it thinks that it's protecting you. But just for today... You can choose recovery. You can choose to approach with loving compassion these thoughts that tell you that you do not deserve to feel better, and you can respond to them with affirmations and by checking the facts. Even today, sometimes my brain will tell me that I was never sick enough to have an eating disorder that I recovered from, and therefore I should not be a recovery advocate. I approach with compassion and I tell myself these affirmations. My suffering was real. I deserve to feel better. It doesn't matter whether or not in this moment I think that I was sick enough. What matters is that I chose recovery. All right, well, that just about wraps up our first episode of My Big Fat Recovery. Thank you so much for listening and joining me on this journey. I am fairly new to podcasting, so please bear with me. Um, But I am so excited for all the episodes that we have coming up. We're going to have some awesome guests that I cannot wait to listen to and learn from with all of you. I can't wait to learn more tips and tricks and have the hard conversations that we need to have together. Keep fighting forward. You got this and we'll talk next time.